0: Hi everyone, this is Katherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 353. And tonight we are back on schedule because Laura Leverkus is back! Woo! yes. And oh my God, I am so happy. And my goodness, there's going to be spoilers, you guys, for the Fast Pass. We are going to spoil the hell out of all of that. Yes. So we're going to start with episode 233, which is available for free right now on the Webtoons app. And then we're going to go straight into 234, which is only available if you're Fast Passing, which we are. And that's the one where it's like, God, how long have we been waiting for this? Like 234 episodes? If Rachel decides to turn this whole thing into a, and it was all a dream. Then we riot. Oh, God, yes. But first, what we want to do is want to very briefly talk about this year's Oscars, because we spent so much time getting geared up for it, we can't let it go without comment. Right. So everything, everywhere, all at once was the great big winner of the night. And that was so awesome best supporting actress best supporting actor best screenplay best picture (laughs) really i am so looking forward to listening to the best pig podcast as they uh, dissect all of this because i really want to know what they thought about that oh and that's going to be so awesome when they actually watch that movie and get to talk about it oh my god had they not seen it I don't know. They haven't, they're not doing regular episodes anymore because they caught up with all of the best picture winners. So now they only put out an episode every once in a while, if there's something that they've kind of got a hankering to see. So no, we haven't talked about this movie yet on best pick. Oh my goodness. Now, All Quiet on the Western Front for a while there, there were some people thinking that that might actually end up winning, because it sure got a lot of the other categories. It did. Yes, it absolutely did. I probably need to see this now, because it sounds pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. But oh, my goodness. Um, Okay, now, I do not know how to pronounce his name. And that's terrible. Every time I try, Nathan says it's Short Round. So from uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, but His acceptance speech was just so touching. And then Jamie Lee Curtis wins Best Supporting Actress. And there's that picture of the two of them just standing there congratulating each other and both looking tearful. And it's like, oh, my heart. Just wonderful. It's so adorable. Now, I know there are some people who are really hoping that Angela Bassett was going to win because her performance in Black Panther really was exceptional. I wonder sometimes if it's maybe the curse of the superhero movies that maybe. it's really hard to give the big accolades to a movie that is based on a comic book, which is not fair because it's a great movie. It's very fun and we shouldn't like try to like prejudge it on those uh, bases. But um for everybody who was really hoping that Angela Bassett would win, I definitely understand, you know, she's pretty amazing. I just thought I just thought Michelle Yeoh just did a fantastic job. She was so good and did so much work in that movie. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. And Jamie Lee Curtis was amazing. I mean, it's just one of those things that it's two great actresses up against each other. Somebody's got to lose. And if you really think about it, what have there been less than 100 uh, Oscar ceremonies so far? Out of the entire history of film, there's an awful lot of good actors and actresses that haven't won, just because there's only so many awards to be given. It's true. It's true. Uh, I thought the conversations around the winner of the Best Animated Short were kind of interesting. Yeah, a lot of people said that um, the one that won, The Boy, The Mole... The Fox and the Horse, which I only just recently watched. and I thought it was very sweet. And a lot of people are saying it was the worst one of the five that were nominated. I think it's the fact that it's really it's based on a children's book. And so it is very, very nice. I mean, one of the main messages of the story seems to be about just being kind. So if you want something that is just a good-natured, very sweet, very kind animation, this is definitely it. But it was based for children, and I think some people found the message a little bit cloying and insipid, maybe. And also, I think some people would find it boring, because it's not like a story where something big and exciting happens, you know? But it is, it's is—it's beautiful. It's really good-hearted. I did not see My Year of Dicks, and I've heard a lot of people who thought that that one should get it, so at some point, I need to track down a way to see that one. I do, too, because I think it was one of the ones that wasn't really available for streaming Readily, I think. And maybe it'll be something like um, pear cider and cigarettes, was it? It might be something like that, that eventually it's going to be available for rent on Prime. But I also watched The Flying Sailor. And that was interesting, because it's like a seven minute movie. And it's entirely from the point of view of a sailor who was caught up in the Halifax explosion, which is where Mm -hmm. two ships collided, one of them carrying a lot of dynamite and like 2000 people died in the blast. And the entire thing is basically from his point of view as he's flying through the air. And it's, it's very strange. It's very beautiful. It's kind of scary. And I think it. I'm not sure I guess maybe sometimes people make little movies like that because they don't want people to forget the event that it's based on. Because a lot of people probably wouldn't know what the Halifax explosion was. I mean, I do, because Nathan's mentioned it before, because Nathan's a history major, and that's the sort of thing I get exposed to. Yep, 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 yep. It was really, well, it was very interesting. It's very, completely atmospheric. Yeah. Sort of like as his life is going through, uh, going past his eyes. And yeah, very, very interesting. The fact that I believe of the history, he was flung like a kilometer, but he survived. He survived, lived to tell the tale, apparently. Crazy. That's crazy. I also watched The Ice Merchants, and that is another one that is, it's more atmospheric than anything else, but it's just kind of this odd sort of idea of this man and his son, and they sell ice, but they live up on the mountains, and they take a parachute down to the town, and then they ride a little device up. And it's, I don't know, it it never went in the direction that I was expecting. It was very well done. So what were the other ones that were nominated? There was, well, I think we've covered all of them, except for one about someone told me it was an ostrich, and I guess I believe them, which is another one that's not available for streaming, I don't believe. Ah, okay, yeah. This is one of the few years that we weren't, just didn't get over to the Alamo Drafthouse to watch the um, animated shorts, and I kind of miss it. Have to be a bit better about that next year. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Now, I was happy, though, that for all the big major categories that won awards, I'd seen most of them, but I did not see The Whale. I didn't see Avatar, and I didn't see Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. I mean, I really want to see those, but at the same time, I mean... I feel happy that I got to see the ones that won, like, the best... Well, not the best actor. I didn't see anything in the best actor category. Not a single movie. But I saw at least one movie in every other category. And so I I, that, I felt pretty comfortable with my watch list this year. I, unfortunately, have not seen any of the um, feature-length animated movies that were nominated. Did you see... How many of those did you manage to see? I saw three out of the five. It was a tough call. I The Sea Beast, I think was one that I think I enjoyed the most but we talked about that before it really did feel a lot like you know how to train your dragging except with sea monsters uh-huh. um, I saw what is it Turning Red yeah which I thought was definitely very fun except I don't know maybe it's aimed at a younger audience because they're all teenagers and the main character is very manic and sometimes annoying and she gets less annoying as it goes on but that's kind of I didn't quite connect with her very much but it's a fun movie it's definitely very fun And so yeah, I saw Pinocchio And my only problem with that is that I really feel like Guillermo del Toro's movies Are always technically brilliant But there's something at the core of this story That I just don't find very interesting The plot just doesn't move me very much. And that's been the case with the last several of his movies that I've seen. But if you were going on just sheer technical ability, it it is probably the most impressive. Yeah, I do kind of wonder if I would have liked Crimson Peak as much as I did if it hadn't featured Tom Hiddleston. Oh, yeah. I was just telling somebody it's like, you know, I really enjoyed Crimson Peak. I found it interesting, but it has ghosts, incest, and Tom Hiddleston. And that seems like it's cheating. Yeah. You know? it's <laughs> like you put all those things together. Hard to look away from that one. So, yeah. I'm not saying I like incest. I'm saying it was hard to look away from it. Whatever. <laughs> but let's talk about what we really wanted to talk about. And that is the two episodes of Laura Olympus. So we get a bit of a flashback in episode 233. And it's back when... Okay, so they had managed to rescue Hades and Poseidon from Kronos, but they were still at war with Kronos, and they had started the plan where Hera would get on Kronos' good side and then slowly poison him. So there, you know, a bunch of them are sitting around. I think it's Hestia and Demeter and Zeus. And they're worried because Hera's been gone a long time this time. But then she comes back and Zeus manages to shoo them away. And he starts pumping Hera for information. You know, Hera's just like, I'm fine. How are you doing? He's, he doesn't seem to be concerned about her welfare. He's concerned she's spending too much time with Kronos. And I'm like, yeah. is he jealous? I mean, this was yeah. his plan, too. The idea that she would get on his good side. Yes, he's jealous. I'm Absolutely. Certain of that. So we flash forward and it's Hera, and she is reflecting on the fact that, yes, she can see and hear Kronos, and she has been able to since she woke up from the sleep that Kronos had put everybody under. And Kronos is trying to ask her questions about why did she lie to Zeus about the fact that she was only, you know, sticking around with Kronos because she was trying to be polite. She had some kind of power over Kronos, and she liked it. That's what Kronos thinks anyway. Yeah. So Hera has been trying to power through this and just ignore him, and it's not working. And I do wonder if Rachel was trying to make a comment about about people who are suffering from mental illness of some kind, like depression, the people right. who think that, I don't need to ask for help, I'm not going to burden anybody, I'm just going to fight through this and pretend it goes away. So... Could yeah, be. I think you might be onto to something because the other thing that she's doing and you notice watching through the episode, she's drinking the entire time. I think every single scene that you see her in in that episode, she always has some kind of drink in her hand. And that kind of points to self-medication. So I, it, very likely that's what she's looking at. I did like that one picture when she says that she was just going to try to ignore him. And she's lying on a lounge chair beside the pool with a drink in her hand, looking just pissed off as Cronos yes. is right there. And she's trying not to pay attention to him. That was kind of funny. But yeah, it's a scary situation. And she does finally start talking to Kronos. And Kronos... Kind of thinks that maybe she's holding a grudge about the fact that he had chopped her into pieces at one point mm-hmm. and that he put her to sleep for so long that she didn't get a chance to watch her daughter grow up. I mean, he's just kind of like, get over it. I missed you and I needed you to talk to me. And that was why he told everybody that they needed to bring Hera down to Tartarus. Right. So, yeah, he's he's got this idea that he can actually bully her into talking with him again. And there's some implication, maybe she had been coerced into having sex with him back when she was trying to get on his good side. Yeah, I think from the traumatized look on her face a lot of the time, and the fact that she's drinking, I think that might be it. But the one thing that she really wants is she wants to know who the child is that they've seen down there. Did you read any of the commenters theories on that? Somebody thought it was like her and Kronos' child that like he, yeah. he managed to create a child in her at one of the times when she was visiting him. And that's who he's got trapped down there. Ah, uh, Maybe. I don't know. You know, the other unclear thing, there's all these wonderful scenes of Kronos just kind of, you know, hanging over her and there's other people around. And that's when she realizes that nobody else can see him. But there's this great image of her standing there. And he's kind of, I don't know, it looks very stylized like in a Greek kind of old drawing kind of way where his head is draped over her shoulder and his hair is falling down. But in the scene you see Echo and she's walking away and she's crying. I was just about to bring that up. Yes. I think that is, I think either Hera found out or more likely, I think Echo may have told her that she had been Mm -hmm. hired by Zeus to keep an eye on her and Hera had to, to fire her and kick her out. And I don't, I didn't look like Hera was pissed off. I obviously looked like both of them were upset. So I do yeah. want to know how that conversation went. Yeah, I don't know. that makes sense to me. So when we had seen Hera lying on the ground when Zeus, you know, a couple, I think it was like a couple episodes ago. Mm hmm. And saying that he called her, but she didn't pick up. I thought that maybe she had been overwhelmed by the images of Kronos. Actually, when you see her waking up and she's like, how long have I been here? You see an empty bottle under the bed. So I think she might have gone too hard and had passed out. Could be, yeah. So she's crawling over to the phone and she picks it up. She's like, oh, a lot of messages. And then I love the way Rachel drew this. Yes, She's staring at her phone, but she's like got her arm wide out and leaning back in this absolute quiet Queen of a pissed-off pose. Oh, yes. and then you see the you did what? And then we flash forward to Hera sitting at a conference table with Zeus and Hades and Persephone. And Hera says something like, I swear to God, house fires are more useful than you. <laughs> I like what Zeus said. He he agreed to sort of listen to what Demeter wanted. Only because he was trying to not be the bad guy, Mm -hmm. which I kind of get. But I'm like, but you're still being the bad guy to Hades and Persephone, which are the two people that you were the bad guy to for 10 freaking years. Yeah, for 10 years. It doesn't count to want to be the good guy if what you're counting on is the other person to be a bad guy. So what he really wants is for Hera to swoop in and clean up his mess. And I was expecting this to really go on a lot longer. But then you see Persephone, say to Hades, you know, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And she's actually discovered a loophole. Yes. And you could see, if you go through the pictures, you can see like a couple of pictures where she's staring down at the papers. And then the next picture is her eyes are wide. So you see her finding that loophole there. And she shows it to Hades. And Hades says, wait a minute, this says the marriage embargo doesn't start until tomorrow. And Persephone says, yes, that means we can get married tonight. And that's where the episode ends. That's a hell of an oversight. I mean, I'm really glad it happened. But I know that what you had said earlier about how you were going to be really mad if this was all a dream, I would be too. I mean, it's just everything ends up happening pretty neatly from this point on. Yes. And I don't know. I'm wondering how that loophole could have happened. I mean, because yeah. all of the... Because I've been reading some of the comments um, about you know the previous episode and there was this whole idea that all of the shops and whatever and the bakeries and the dressmakers and whatever were obeying the, bar, um, the embargo because they knew that Demeter could probably put pressure on them from supplies from the mortal realm, that kind of sure. thing. So they yeah. may have already known they can't cross Demeter. But that... Like not having it take place until the next day, that's really kind of weird. I certainly hope yeah. this isn't... I mean, the way they ended the next episode makes me think that this was an accidental loophole. Yes, Yes. But, and that it didn't actually... And it did actually happen, but <laughs> we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, we are. Okay, so we're going to jump right into episode 234. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. It's just... The whole episode is just a feel-good, everybody that you know and love that knows and loves Persephone and Hades heading towards the underworld to go see them get married. I mean, we see all the beautiful costumes. We see Hermes as he's going around and giving the news to everybody and everyone looks absolutely delighted. And it's it's so sweet. It is so sweet. I mean, Hecate in particular looks fantastic because yes. she's wearing a suit oh, yeah. and she is actually Hades's best man, which is great. Because, yes. I mean, Zeus – told him at one point, there's still time for me to be your best man. And then uh, Hecate kind of squirms forward and says, you're lucky you were invited at all. (laughs) I like what one of the commenters said about how some people wear a feather boa, but Hecate wears an actual boa. Like, yes, (laughs) she does. Great, yes. And no, okay, Nick, I just have to make sure, because I wasn't entirely certain, that was Artemis with Hermes, right? We think so. She looks way different than we've seen her before. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the commenters were coming in saying, I mean it looks different from Artemis, but who else could it be? I mean, it's the same purple color, and she's in the right place, right time, so yeah, pretty sure that's Artemis, yeah, that's great i was I was really hoping that she would be there, oh man. We still haven't seen the conversation that her and Persephone had to have had at some point about Apollo. I just i mean I'm I'm asking too many. I'm asking too much right now. I know. Yeah, I know. We haven't seen Artemis' conversation with Apollo yet either. But still, yeah. Oh, yes. And there was music in this episode, which you got to get if you uh, read the episode on your phone. And you have to kind of scroll sort of briskly through it, not lingering on any of the pictures. But it just times up. It's just so beautiful and ethereal, and it all kicks in right when the ceremony starts. And Persephone has these wonderful vows. And then Hades whispers something to her, which we don't hear. But it's just one of those, there has to be something private. It's something that makes her smile. And then he has his vows. And you just need to go read it because it's so awesome. (sighs) I liked how Hera, of course, shows up and it's like, okay, we're here, we're gonna get ready and everything. And Persephone spends a lot of time thanking Hera for everything that she's done for her, which is nice. But then Hera says, okay, so where's your dress? And Persephone points it out. And I don't know, it's this really, it's this small white dress and everything. I don't think it was the dress that she wore the first night that she met Hades, but it could have been. It's it a could very, have been. Smart, yeah. yeah, might yeah It had a very cocktail dress look to it. I knew that Hera wouldn't like it because that's a particular story trope and everything. You know, where the, so, where's the dress? No, I don't like that. We can do better. I love how Hera managed to say that but to never sound as judgy as Demeter would say it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. Hera even said at one point, I think the dress you picked is lovely, but as the goddess of marriage, I feel comfortable in saying that you will love this dress and we don't get to see it immediately, but Persephone does look at it and says, It's perfect, and it really is beautiful. It's just like this floor-length gown, and it's kind of one of those ones where it's low-cut, but it kind of makes a triangle so that it sort of kind of goes up to the neck and then around, and showing some good cleavage and for a nice, sexy look and everything, but it's really, it's beautiful. I mean, the whole thing is gorgeous. I loved how... You saw Hera's godlike power kicks in when she's pronouncing the man and wife. So it is, yeah. this is official. This is the goddess of marriage is saying these two are married. So I don't want any take backsies on this. <sighs> but then the moment that you were talking, the reason why we think at the end that this really actually did happen We see Demeter. And she is standing outside in the cold. She's got a hooded dress on looking through the window. And then she walks away and she's crying. Now, I think she is, I mean, the most likely thing is that she thinks her daughter is making a horrible mistake. And that's why she's crying. Yeah, I hope at least part of her realizes that she just missed a beautiful event in her daughter's life that she will never be able to get back. And Hera had even asked, I think, Oh, I think that's right. It was, um, Eros had asked Persephone earlier if, you know, her mother was going to be there and Persephone, she's not being bitter. She's not being crying. She's not being, you know, mean or spiteful or anything. She says, I really did think about giving her an invitation but she needs to respect my choices, and I don't think she's at that point where she can do that yet. And nope. me and my husband deserve a drama-free event. And that is so neat. that is absolutely true. She knows her mother, and if she doesn't think her mother can be quiet and drama-free for her wedding, then yeah, that was the right choice. And I'm sure that hurt Demeter very, very badly. I'm just worried that she's going to take this as another sign that her daughter's brainwashed because her daughter would never do that if Hades wasn't controlling her. Well, she's got, I mean, Persephone's got so many things on her side at this point. I mean, she's the queen of the underworld and now she is honestly, officially married to Hades and the goddess of marriage presided over the ceremony with Zeus there, by the way, which I'm wondering what Demeter's going to say to Zeus about that because she went to Zeus to try and make this not happen. And not only did it happen, but Zeus was in attendance. So And so was everybody. I mean, my goodness. Yeah, I hope that this is leading up to the moment where Demeter can get some introspection and realize that she needs to change her ways. I don't know. I mean, in the real world, I'm cynical enough to think that it wouldn't happen that fast, but this is a cartoon and Rachel likes to have nice things happen. Now, maybe one thing I person I didn't see in attendance. I don't think I saw Hestia. Did you? I don't. Oh, no, I don't think I did. Also, people were asking where was um, Eros? Uh, Not Eros. Uh, Eris. Sorry. I get them mixed up. The goddess of chaos. I don't know if that was on purpose or not. Maybe it was just her closest friends. I have no idea. It could be. I don't know. But yeah, that was a conversation that I was kind of hoping we could get because I think Hestia would be forthright enough to tell Demeter that she was the one that released Hades from that bell jar that he had been captured in. So... I mean, the thing that I had imagined when I thought about that was Demeter just absolutely furious with her and Hestia telling her something like, Persephone saved all of us and you stripped her naked in front of all of her friends and told her she wasn't good at her job. I mean, that's, yeah. somebody's got to tell that to Demeter. And I'm just wondering if there's anybody that Demeter will listen to at this point. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> now i looked at the preview images of the next two episodes coming up. Same. Uh, I, I can't remember what the next picture, I believe the next picture shows Persephone, who looks smiling and happy, but I believe the picture after that looks like Demeter looking a bit upset. Mm-hmm. So we're going to find out something in the next couple of weeks for sure. I think so. I'm so excited. It's really very sweet. I mean, and I had forgotten because she's even got a little note at the top of the episode that there is music for the episode, but it doesn't start right away. But when the music kicked in right as the ceremony started, oh, it was glorious. (laughs) It was beautiful. I'm not sure how they managed to do that because it is definitely dependent on you getting to the point of the episode as you're scrolling through where the music is supposed to start. Yeah, my HTML is like, I know enough to go in and edit somebody else's HTML and do some really simple things, but I don't know complicated things. But I'm going to say there's a thing where as soon as something appears in the visible screen, it can can trigger something. So it's like they can have animations do that as well. So I'm sure there's like a, a button that says, when the scroll bar reaches this point, start music so whatever but I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week so make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews the movie reviews the comic book reviews the photo galleries oh, I just checked and as of today all six of us who are going to WonderCon we have all received our WonderCon press badges in the mail Yay! It's coming up very quickly. Very excited about that. And as for movie reviews, I have it on the site. I just linked to it in our social medias, but it's the list of all of the Oscar nominated movies with links to every review that we did Huge thank you to everybody who wrote reviews who allowed us to feature them on the site. We covered more than I expected we would, to be honest. All except for two of the Best Picture nominations. Awesome. So nice. Very cool. Anyway, all that and more at com. So next week, I guess we'll have Nightfall. We will. It will indeed. And whatever other shiny thing comes across our path. Um, you finally finished watching all of Ted Lasso, didn't you? I did, yes. And yeah. I really... Yeah, we could probably go into detail if we can record with Hannah at some point. But I am kind of amazed that I was so pissed off at Nate for betraying Ted and for being a bully and a jerk. And the fact that he may have actually had reasons to be upset that weren't just him being ungrateful, that were like him actually feeling disrespected, went over my head completely. And I don't think that was a flaw in the writing. I think that was the writers showing us how this sort of thing happens to people all the time. Yeah, we will definitely have to have a full conversation about that. But one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. dog barking outside just one minute give it a minute i think they must be like walking their dog and it must be excited to see another dog because it's right outside (laughs) it's interesting i cannot hear a word a thing give it a sec because it's gonna pick up it is that loud oh my god you guys would you please curb your fucking dog and why does it feel like California should be one of those places where anyone, it would be perfectly normal to shout out their window, would you shut up that dog? I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I know, right? Seriously, I would not do that. But yeah, no, it feels like it. Okay. But first, what we want to do, oh my God, they barked right as I was talking. <laughs> um, hang a second. Is a siren. Wow. Hang on.